is actually working. Dude, <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. God. Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. I'm your host, Manpreet, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMALOTN. And yes, that is Big Rob that you just saw, because I'm cutting that shit to the beginning of this fucking video before I <laughs> drop it. It's going to be a pre-intro oh, blooper. Oh, it wasn't really a blooper, oh. but but my man helped me out uh, with getting the studio set up at my place this past weekend, uh, <laughs> and we fucking were just testing and fucking around, and I... You know, that that little clip was fucking hilarious. So I had to share that with you guys and allow Big Rob to make his first on-camera <laughs> appearance as well. So A little behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> There's finally a face to Big Rob for yeah. you guys. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I've already pumped out two videos from the studio itself. Uh, the Deciding Splits video that I've done with Tony, uh, where we go over Deron Wynn and Darren Stewart, uh, and just the controversy behind the third round. Uh, and then Combative Stores. Combative Stores made a comeback, uh, and I was it was fucking amazing. I, I couldn't be happier with uh, the way the studio has been coming together and stuff, and I'm excited for how me and Tony can continue to take that uh, a little bit further with doing it consistently too, right? So I'm excited about that. It's just so fucking easy. Um, but... Even with that studio, I'm still going to be doing the lockcast at my boy Big Rob's house. The setup is just too legit, man. Like, And <laughs> how can I deprive you guys of the casuals as well on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah. So I don't really have a video to show you, so it's kind of more so banter. Mm -hmm. uh, remember how when I came camping with you that one yeah. time and you're just like, hey, it's my birthday. Right. Tomorrow is my birthday. I'm I knew it. you a fucking heads up. I knew it. Just so, out of my Tuesday calendar. Is my <laughs> yeah, have it's the calendar. only way I can remember shit. anything in this world, bro. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so dumb and too lazy to like look at that shit. So I'm just like, oh shit, it's this person's That's birthday. That's awesome. Sick. So, but yes, man. I'm, I'm not being that asshole happy to be birthday. like, hey, yeah, it was my birthday, bitch. <laughs> I'm not expecting anything, but no. I'm just saying. I'm like, I would rather let you know than fucking. Is, I know yeah, that. yeah, but you pulled on my ass that fucking time. <laughs> um, that was awesome. Yeah, dude. Uh, Rob still has a, a camping trip planned, and it's like it's getting chilly out here dude. in Toronto. It's getting a little chilly. It is. Sometimes. And this guy's like, "Fuck it, I gotta go, go take out the RV at least for one more I weekend." Do it. He's just such an adventurer. <laughs> like diehard, bro. Is there anything specific you have planned for that campfire, man? That's just, it. Yeah, just we don't one one last big. You know, Hoorah. jam, yeah, for the right. end of the year, and just you know, you know, because it's like what six months. I gotta, you know, yeah, till true. the next trip. So gotta like, pack oh, it up after yeah. this weekend. I know. I guess when you do it so often, and it's something that you kind of have to like, yeah, like like it's 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 kind of like giving up alcohol almost in a sense too, right? You, you, you gotta go. You know, you have to go something. six months. Yeah. So it's like, oh man, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss like the water. I'm gonna miss yeah. the boat. I'm gonna miss you know campfires and all that, man. Anyhow, next year is another year. Yeah, next you know. year I'm going to hit you up again and we're going to do something proper. Right, that'll be awesome. I'll try to stay more than one night too. Yeah, dude. Because that was a do little bit fishing of a rush. Too? Yeah. You know? I'd be down for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad to check in on you, dude. Thanks, bro. And I wanted to make sure you heard that birthday shit too. <laughs> just so the storyline continues for anybody that's been watching forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fuck. Let me get into this episode. Uh, thanks, Big Rob. Thank you. You the fucking man. Thanks, brother. Um, UFC... 
Singapore is this weekend, which is headlined by Ben Askren and Damian Maya. Very interesting grappling fight. I'm super excited to see how Ben Askren's wrestling style is going to handle uh, Damian Maya's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, not completely sure how that's going to play out, uh, but I think I have a decent enough prediction. Uh, and will I bet on the fight? Who knows? Just stay tuned. Um, but we did have UFC. What did we have last week? UFC Boston. Piss poor card. Um, that one was a little bit tough to swallow. Uh, yeah, uh, the, let's start off with the Jeremy Stevens bet. Um, you know, I one thing, like I said on the Combative Stories, if you guys have watched that yet, uh, I said that uh, Jeremy Stevens, uh, or sorry, I, I was very surprised that Yair Rodriguez came out with such output in that first round. Uh, very, very surprised, to be honest. Um, I thought in the lulls of when Yair would be throwing these flashy shit, Jeremy Stevens was going to be able to close the distance, land some big shots, uh, and then kind of deter Yair Rodriguez moving forward. Yair did not let him breathe. It was fucked. That was the output in that first round was ridiculous. I, I was blown away by that. He did not let Jeremy Stevens set up at all, and I was kind of, uh, I was kind of wondering as to how his gas tank was going to fare if this ended up going the full fifty minutes. It did end up going the full 15 minutes, but there was a certain point in it where I truly believe Yaya Rodriguez totally blew his gas tank. Uh, and that was obviously when uh, he heard Jeremy Stevens tried to go for the kill and just went off with strikes. Like, I tweeted it out as well. Performance of the night, easily Kevin McDonald. To allow that fight to continue and kind of give Jeremy Stevens the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, he, Jeremy Stevens, in my opinion, was doing enough to keep that fight alive. And I haven't seen much controversy in terms of people saying that that fight should have been stopped. Uh, had it been stopped, I honestly wouldn't be completely mad about that. Like, you, there were, I've seen so many fights while I've been studying and stuff that uh, there were, you know, plenty of fights where. Uh, referees kind of just stepped in when any guy looked like they were hurt. Uh, so Kevin McDonald did a great fucking job. Um, but either way, uh, it ended up, you know, kind of swinging towards Jeremy Stevens' way uh, with, uh, you know, that massive, massive third round. Uh, but it still wasn't enough to, you know, make up for the first two rounds that Yaya Rodriguez was able to put together. So the five round, you know, potential fight probably would have been a little bit more in favor for Jeremy Stevens. Uh, but. I'm still happy to take the shot, man. I was I was very confident in, in you know, kind of what I was hearing from him uh, and just his style, how it matches up to Yair Rodriguez, who in the past I have seen get hit quite often. So it is what it is, minus 2.75 units on that. Uh, De Manny Bermuda is to win inside the distance, 1.5 units at plus 130. Thought there was huge value on that. Um, you know, I was kind of disappointed that he was... Uh, submitted to be honest like it was plus 800 something ridiculous for charles rosa to win by decision so just that just shows you you know the probability of something like that happened it's fucking insane uh you know i had a lot of people like picking charles rosa as well and uh you know it was a good underdog pick in my opinion uh that's why i kind of went with the dennis or manny bermudas inside the distance because i'm like if he's going to win it all he's probably inside the distance maybe the under one and a half is probably what i should have looked at but it is what it is uh still happy uh with the number that i got on bermudas just very disappointed with the way he actually went out um Next up, I had uh, uh, Jonathan Pierce inside the distance. Another one, one point one units. I thought that was a fair, um, that was a fair amount to put on uh, odds that were minus one ten. And uh, I was very worried about Tuesday Night Contender Series guys uh, last last week. That was a point that I was trying to really drive home because we had a couple of them, and I ended up going with the fucking loser out of them. What the fuck? <laughs> 
like I look like the dumbass now, but regardless, uh, I still liked, you know, based on tape what we saw, uh, as soon as I saw Joe Lozon's physique, I was like, oof, fuck, pump my brakes. Because <laughs> he really looks like he came in condition, uh, he looked amazing, and then obviously his performance delivered too, so minus 1.1 units on Jonathan Pierce inside the distance. Uh, another small bet I had plus uh, at plus 430, 0.25 units on Stewart to win by uh, KO. He was getting close to it. Um, I feel like if he was throwing more uh, powerful shots where I truly believe he had the gas tank for it in that third round, he probably would have clipped uh, Darren Wynn hard enough to kind of put him out, put him on wobbly legs, and then follow up. Uh, however, he was kind of just going with like the outpointing, which is great because he still ended up winning the fight. Uh, shouldn't have been a split decision. It was very clear uh, round three for him, even though he got taken down twice. Uh, but he wins the fight, but we don't win the bet because it was... Uh, for him to win by TKO, so that's kind of a bummer. Uh, and then I had 1.3 units uh, on Boston Salmon at minus. Oh, sorry, Boston Salmon and Randy Costa under two and a half rounds. The only bet that I hit that night, I had one point. Uh, what was it? 1.3 units to profit for 1.08 units. Again, I kind of wish I trusted my gut more on that one too. Uh, just based on both of their styles and the fact that they gave us over over under two and a half rounds uh i like that much better than if they were to give me it at one and a half but at two and a half i should have went deeper there is a fight this weekend that i feel very strongly about that as well and i uh i might shell out a little bit more than i did for this uh bet uh but yeah just with both of their styles one guy getting uh both of them actually getting put out uh in their last fights and just their styles alone strikers uh one being a little bit more aggressive than the other and then eventually if it did get past uh you know the first round round and a half i thought boston someone was going to take over and then eventually find the finish but didn't matter randy costa went in there and did the damn thing uh and then lastly was my lock of the night play yeah that one sucks um under one and a half rounds uh five units at uh, minus 172 greg hardy and ben sasoli Greg Hardy going out there and trying to get some minutes in the cage was not expecting that. You know, that's that's I don't know what it was, but uh, he looked good, you know, minus inhaler gate. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, one of my, my website that I use Pinnacle did not overturn the decision. Uh, so I still lost on that bet, even though some people have gotten paid their money back. So if you did tell me on that, I hope you got your money back. I'm sorry. Uh, but that just moves us on to fucking UFC Singapore where I feel very confident in uh, select few fights, <clears throat> but I really like the lines that are on them and potentially the lines that we might still get on them. Apologize. <coughs> there we go. A little bit clearer now. All right. Decent card from top to bottom. You know, each fight presents a very intriguing style, just like I always fucking say. Uh, but... At the top of it all, I'm just going to talk about Davey Maya. Ben Askren, great fight grappling-wise. Could it be a better fight for Ben Askren to come back to in terms of not worrying about, you know, eating a KO punch or something? But if Davey Maya KOs him, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I like the card from top to bottom again. Very interesting fights uh, and some decent spots scattered throughout. So let's just get the fuck right into the card. I don't know why I'm going to beat around the bush about it. And I don't know why I have it on this screen. Nor do I have best fight odds open. Like, fuck. Slacking. Lock. He's slacking, baby. 
All right, let's get back into it. Uh, Rafael Pessoa versus Jeff Hughes. Uh, Jeff Hughes, you know, kind of an all-around fighter. Has decent takedown defense as he shorted the Todd Duffy fight. And even when he got taken down, uh, he was able to get right back to his feet. Um, Pessoa is obviously going to come in here as the heavier fighter. He's going to be a lot bigger. Um, and he brings a striking style that's very unorthodox in a sense uh he's kind of lightish on his feet but then he tends to gas himself just through all of that extra movement that he's doing and how big he is and he doesn't look like he's in the greatest shape either but uh the way he wings the shot and kind of looks for the the kill uh, i think a guy that's kind of you know a little bit more technical like a jeff hughes will be able to catch him on the inside um i think that peso really needs to get this fight to the ground to have success uh, and I truly believe in the the takedown defense of Jeff Hughes. I think that Maurice Green fight was very weird and awkward. Um, it might have been the UFC jitters. Literally his last fight, like his second last fight before uh, making it to the UFC was against Maurice Green, and he beat him over five rounds. And he comes out there and lays an absolute egg. I had him as a lock of the night bet that night. Did not go my way. Uh, but I think that with the Todd Duffy fighting, get that kind of under his belt, as well as the 15 minutes that he went with Maurice Green as well, you know that is valuable experience. I think he's going to come in here and show that he's the better fight, uh, better fighter between him and uh, Pesoa. I just don't believe in Pesoa's style. I think he's going to gas himself out. I think Jeff Hughes is going to stand tough, uh, and then f I believe we'll see a third round finish for Jeff Hughes. We've seen him go five rounds, decent cardio. And I believe he'll have the better cardio here. As well as, you know, he has a bit of a chin on him. Uh, and uh, I like his movement and his striking defense is uh, pretty good as well. Uh, I think he'll be able to, you know, stay out of the way of these big, big shots from uh, Peso. And even if one or two land, he's going to have to eat one of those. But I don't think it's going to, you know, I don't think it'll be the kill shot per se. Um, but I think that he'll finish him probably late second round, early third round. Uh, will I pay the extra juice on him though he's currently sitting around minus 235 i just don't think it's worth it maybe in a parlay uh but i don't think that i'll be doing the parlay myself i might backtrack on my words by friday uh but i as of right now i i don't think i'll parlay him because i have other bets out there that i truly like uh but i'm still taking jeff hughes a little bit out of range for a straight bet in my opinion uh but as part of a parlay go wild all right next up alexandra albu versus Loma Luke Bunmi. Uh L Loma. Did I say Loma? Might be a little bit off on that. Regardless. Uh Loma Luke Bunmi, uh Tiger Muay Thai product. Uh but in her last fight against Monique Adrian, I guess that's her name, uh Asvedo, Azevedo. God damn, I'm so terrible with names today. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh with that fight you know, you're expecting a girl, you know, primarily coming from Tiger Muay Thai to come in there and completely put on a striking clinic. Not so much. She had some good kicks in that fight, uh, but she was able to mix that fight up uh, by taking it to the ground. Uh, maybe not something that a lot of people were expecting. Uh, you know, she was coming off an armbar loss in her fight before that, um, but she shows good kicking techniques uh, being from Tiger Muay Thai. Uh, but the fact that she's able to mix the fight up and incorporate her wrestling i think makes her pretty dangerous uh in this fight against alexandra albu i don't know if she'll want to go for the takedowns here i believe albu will obviously be the stronger fighter uh, i believe in loma's 
uh, cardio more than I do elbows. Uh, and I think that um, it's going to be a little bit of trouble if Loma gets locked up in, in one of uh, Albu's clinches. Uh, she might be able to fire off some good knees. You know, she does have that Muay Thai background. Uh, but I think she's going to have to try to work away from that clinch as much as possible uh, to keep this fight on the feet where I think that she'll have the bigger advantage. Uh, Albu just wants to outmuscle her opponents. You know, she is normally the stronger one, but she tends to gas. Uh, don't make me go into that whole Joe Rogan spiel of muscles and how they need blood and all that shit. But I truly uh, believe Loma should be the favorite now. And I think that's kind of where the line of swing is still a little bit uh, of a pick up. Uh, but I think that Loma should be favored here. I may look to better. I'm not 100% sure yet. Uh, I do like the fact that, you know, the odds are quite close. Um, and Albu just hasn't looked good. Like, she kind of seemed like a fish out of water against uh, Emily Whitmire last time around. Uh, and I don't... I, I think that if Loma implements her grappling maybe over a round and a half uh, after that point... I think that she could be successful with the grappling and kind of control Albu. Uh, but I think that she needs to kind of keep it on the feet. Beat up the front leg. She does a good job of leg kicking as well. So I think that if she sticks to that type of game plan, she should be able to outpoint Albu. Uh, I, I would probably say by decision that she would win. So I'm taking, uh, yeah, look boon me by decision. And I may possibly better. Not 100% saying I will, but she's definitely in that sphere of leans. Next up, Sergey Pavlovich versus Maurice Green. If you guys have been following me, uh, you guys will see that I kind of tease that I'm looking at a solid underdog. I never thought I would say this. <laughs> I never thought I would say the crochet boss is a live dog here. I believe the line is too wide. Um, Sergey Pavlovich is a low output, heavy puncher type of style and I think a guy with the type of uh, improvements that Maurice Green has shown uh, especially in that dismantling of Junior Albini just you know he did get cracked with one so there is that pause uh, but the style that he's been showing in terms of being like a more movement based a heavy kicker which is good with maintaining distance uh, and he's been working his jiu-jitsu game as well not saying he's going to go out there and tap Sergei Pavlovich but I really like that one of the things I saw from him is when he rocked Junior Albini that first time, one of the first things that he went for was a north-south choke. Obviously, he didn't even get close to being locked up, but that kind of just shows you that this guy's really trying to evolve his jiu-jitsu game, which is something he's harped on a lot in the past. Um, and, you know, to have that as his first mentality shows me a lot of maturity in his fight game as well. Um, you know, rather than looking to completely just pound out his opponent, he's looking for kind of more of a secure path to a victory which is lock up a choke which is something that he's very comfortable with so I could see him like touching up Sergey Pavlovich you know working that lead leg making Sergey a little bit more immobile uh, maybe going for a takedown eventually and then trying to work his jiu-jitsu but plus 200 I kind of like his chances here again Sergey Pavlovich isn't the most active fighter he doesn't really put on a pace he's more of a you know in his last fight he was he he Landed on Marcelo Goem early and was able to kind of get the fight over with there. So obviously he is a KO threat. Don't get me wrong. But I truly don't believe he should be over the, the minus 240-ish range, minus 235-ish range that he's at. Just like I wouldn't bet Jeff Hughes, I, I definitely don't think Sergey Pavlovich doesn't deserve to be this heavy of a favorite. Um, 
I was thinking more so around the minus 150, minus 160-ish range. Because, again, he does have power. But I like the improvements I've been seeing from Maurice Green. And I, I truly believe that he's a solid underdog play here. And I think I'll place uh, at least a 0.75 to 1 unit bet on Maurice Green. Uh, I just love his style. Like, the amount he has actually grown, especially from that Jeff Hughes fight too, that kind of opened my eyes to a little bit more. Uh, and then he kind of pounded that home uh, with a victory over Junior Albini next time around. I, I like him, man. I, I think he's definitely worth a shot at the plus 200 range. So I'm going to take Maurice Green... Uh, I'm going to say by by decision. I think it'll go the full 15. Uh, it's just, I, I, I hope that he goes in there with like a, a safe-ish game plan with heavy movement, uh, landing heavy leg kicks early, uh, you know, late third round finish. But I'm going to go with uh, decision. I'll give Sergei uh, Pavlovich, you know, some credit in terms of being durable. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take Maurice Green by decision. That's your underdog pick. Definitely going to bet him. And he's already at plus two when I sport bet. So I might actually do it as soon as I'm done recording this podcast. All right. Next up, we got Enrique Barzola versus Movzav, Movzar Evloev. Two back-to-back plays here. Movzar Evloev, lock of the night play. I got him at minus 177 on Bookmaker. Um, 11-0. Fucking crazy uh, champion in... Uh, God damn, I can't remember exactly what it's called. Uh, Sambo, I believe he's a Sambo uh, champion, regional champion or some shit. Like, the guy has accolades for days. And his style drives that home. Uh, he's a very forward pressure fighter. Uh, this is the first fight I think that Enrique Barzola is going to have a tough time either getting a guy down, holding him down, uh, and not getting taken down himself. Because I think that Movzar Evloev has decent striking uh, and I think it's enough for him to hang with Enrique Barzola. And I don't think that Barzola is the greatest striker out there. He is a little bit aggressive, but it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that aggressiveness when Movzar Evulev is going to be going for takedowns, trying to push the pace himself. Uh, and I think he hits harder as well. I'll, I'll give him that edge as well. Um, yeah, he's 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 kind of my money train in a sense. And I think I'm only going to be able to get him, you know, in the better than minus 200 range for a couple more fights. Uh, and I think this is a prime spot for him to to be a lock of the night play. Like uh, initially I was uh, like pre-tape before I actually did the homework. Uh, I was thinking I would do it as like a three point. No, uh, a four unit lock of the night play. But I feel five unit confident on him. I truly believe that he has all the tools to win this fight. He's not going to get out grappled by Enrique Barzola. Barzola does a decent job of getting guys down, but doesn't do the best job of, you know, keeping the guys down. There's a reason he's getting into these high numbers of takedowns. And yeah, like that just shows that he's, you know, not the best while holding guys down. And Movzarevlov has a pretty decent uh, offensive guard off of his back. So even if he does find himself in that, I believe he'll be able to find the reversals. I'll be able, I believe he'll be able to find his way to his feet uh, and he's going to out-hustle Barzola here, uh, and I think he takes home the decision victory. Uh, you know, not the most crazy finisher out there, but he's always moving forward. He's always going to go out there and try to drown you, and that's kind of Barzola's style, but I think that Movzar is just better at implementing that and capitalizing on bad situations. So I'm taking Movzar Evolov by decision, and he's my lock of the night play at minus 177. Next up, Rafael Rafael. Fizia versus Alex White. 
I think Fiziev has the advantage here, obviously, on the feet. Uh, crazy, you know, loss last time around. But I don't think that Alex White has the knockout uh, ability uh, to land on a guy like Fiziev. I think that Fiziev is going to kind of have his way on the feet. Uh, and it's going to stay there. I trust his takedown defense. Uh, but what's the odds right now? Yeah, minus 220-ish. Not looking to bet a guy up there. Uh, I truly believe he beats Alex White here. Don't get me wrong. But possible chin. You know, there is... I don't believe Alex White will catch him. But I don't believe in Alex White to catch him. Uh, so I wouldn't take the underdog bet here. Uh, but, yeah, you got to be a little bit uh, wary of a guy coming off a, you know, a knockout loss. Uh, so I'm picking Fiziev to win here. I'm probably going to say by... By second round TKO, um, yeah, but I, I I just don't believe in enough to actually place the money on Fiziev here. All right, next up, Randa Marcos versus Ashley Yoder, um, minus one seventy ish, I believe, for minus one sixty now for Randa Marcos. So this is an interesting fight. You know, Randa Marcos has recently, not recently, it's been a little while now that she's been coming out with like a weird herky jerky type of striking style. Uh, but then also being very dominant when she's able to take ladies to the ground. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of approach she takes here because Ashley Yoder is decent at distance. Uh, I believe that you know she has a pretty active guard, so I don't think it's going to be super easy for Rana Marcos to go out there and you know kind of try to out-grapple her and just try to grapple fuck her. I think that Ashley Yoder is decent with her jujitsu. Um, and I find it hard to believe that Rana Marcos is going to be able to get a dominant position and keep that dominant position. I think that Yoder is going to be making it interesting by having an offensive guard, you know, looking for sweeps. Uh, and then if it manages to stay on the feet, you know, she has a little bit of a, I believe she has a reach advantage as well. Uh, she is the longer fighter, 66 and a half inch reach for her, 63 and a half inch reach for Marcos. And again, 5'7 against 5'4. So she is going to be the bigger girl in there. Uh, and I believe that she'll be able to keep the range. Uh, but even if Rana Marcos tries to kind of force the wrestling, I think that Yoder is a decent spot here. Fuck, I can't believe I talked myself into it. I, I was mulling it. Uh, it's turning into a lean. You know, plus 150 is not bad. I'll see where the uh, the odds go later in the week. Um, but yeah, I like uh, I like Yoder. I think that she can make it. Uh, she can make it a little bit harder on Rana Marcos to get this. You know, Rana Marcos not the greatest fighter out there. She has made improvements since she first made it to the UFC, but she's just shown that she's never able to, you know, get to that top top level. And uh, she has some decent wins on her record. You know, armbar over Angela Hill, the decision over Juliana Lima, who herself is a pretty heavy grappler. Um, yeah, she just can't get, get past girls like Alexa Grasso, Nina Ansaroff, and Claudia Gadella. I like Yoda here as a dog, especially. I think if you're betting this fight, it's a dog or pass. If you don't feel confident enough in Yoder, I'm not 100% mad at you. Um, but I like Yoder. I'll take her by. Uh, I'll take her by decision. No, uh, I'll take her by second round submission. All right. Next up, Muslim Salikov versus Loriano Staropoli. This is a fight that I haven't bet on. So I have uh, 1.5 units at plus 145 on Loriano Staropoli here over Muslim Salikov. Uh, dog or pass situation. Kind of like the Ashley, Ashley Yoder fight, but I'm a little bit more confident in Loriana Staropoli here than I am Ashley Yoder. Uh, I like 
I kind of questioned the star police style when he initially made his UFC debut. I did bet against him with Hector Aldana, who's a pretty forward-moving, relentless striker himself. But Loriano Staropoli was able to put on a show with his footwork, uh, his changing of stances, uh, and his, just, his bombs. He's pretty active as a striker as well. So I'm interested to see if he's going to be able to kind of put it on Salikov in a way that Salikov's not going to be able to get comfortable in there. Uh, I believe he has that ability, and he could he is possible uh, to achieve something like that. Um, and I think I definitely think he's worth a shot over plus one fifty. Uh, you know, if it was closer to a pickup, you got to give uh, the 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 technique kind of to to Muslim Salikov, kind of maybe a little bit more of the discipline. And Starpoli gets hit, and Salikov has shown it that he has knockout power. You know, evidence in his last fight against Nordi Taleb, but. If you're going to give me plus 150 or better on Loriano Staropoli, I'm going to take it here. I In a fight that will probably remain in the stand-up realm, uh, I like Staropoli's chances here. Um, yeah, I, I got Staropoli here uh, to win by decision. Uh, All right, next up, Cyril Gan versus Dante Mays. Cyril Gan minus 283, a little bit too juicy for me here. Dante Mays has shown that he has, you know, very heavy hands. Uh, and this is one of those fights that one of those guys could drop. Like, you could, I could totally see somebody justifying a bet on Dante Mays above plus 250. Like, if you're talking about two relatively green, well, gone a little bit more green than uh, Mays in terms of experience, at least. You know, you can't tell me that Dante Mays possibly, you know, can't land. I, I yeah, I, I just can't see a bet for a, a straight bet on Suragon here. I would maybe think about putting him in a parlay, maybe even with Jeff Hughes, you know, uh, and it might be, yeah, that could be a possible parlay. Um, not 100% sure if I'll play that, but uh, I do like Gon here, not as a straight bet. I think it should be closer to a pick'em here. Um, sorry, not a pick'em. I lied. That's a little bit crazy. I think Gon should be closer to like minus two hundred, minus one seventy-five. Uh, so I'm not willing to pay the juice on him straight. Maybe as a parlay, but again, I, I I'm trying to get a little bit away from parlays again. Uh, I, I I like the straight approach. So um, yeah, pass on me in terms of a straight bet. Uh, but I'm going to take Cyril Gaon by second round TKO. All right, next up, Benio Dariush versus Frank Camacho. As has been a trend uh, for this card so far, at least on my end, it's a dogger pass situation. Frank Camacho has been looking great since he's dropped down to 155. Uh, that finish of Nick Hine last time around was a thing of beauty. Uh, with Benio Dariush, he did beat Drew Dober last time around. Uh, was it last time around? I think he had one more fight after that, sorry. Nope. Okay, Drew Dober. He was scheduled to fight Jakar Close uh, back in July. That fell through, but here he is back against Frank Camacho. But speaking about that Drew Dober fight, he was on Queer Street. He was hurt pretty bad in that fight by Drew Dober. Uh, he managed to gut it out, finally get back to his senses, and then pull off a, an armbar victory with 19 seconds left in the second round. Uh, I think with Frank Camacho, you're getting a guy with a better killer instinct, instinct than Drew Dober here. I still question Benio Dariush's chin. Um, I think that Frank Camacho has a style to potentially land on Benio Dariush, but I think that if Dariush is able to get this fight to the ground, uh, he's going to be at a massive advantage. 
Um, I like Frank's chances of keeping this fight on the feet, uh, especially when Benio tries to close the distance. I think he has power in all eight of his limbs. You know, I think he could truly do some damage on Benio Darius if they, you know, if he is too lazy with the striking defense. So I can't see a reason as to why I should be betting Benio Darius um, as like a solid favorite, you know, in the minus 160th range. But, you know, I could definitely see people warranting a bet for Frank Camacho here to win by KO, especially at those dog odds. So I started off thinking that I would bet Benio Darius. Uh, I softened my stance on that. I'm picking Frank Camacho. Don't know if I'll bet him. But if you guys are looking to bet that fight, I would definitely go Frank Camacho. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to make the bet myself. We'll see how the, the lines play out for this week. There are a couple of the dogs that I've been considering as well. Uh, but we'll see what we get. But I like Frank Camacho here. I'm going to take him by first round KO. I think he lands early uh, and he puts Benil out. Something that Drew Dober wasn't able to do last time around. Next up is the second bet that I was talking about on top of Maurice Green. I teased I was going to make at least two more bets. Uh, now it's looking like a little bit more, but we'll see. We'll see how the fights are and the odds turn out. Uh, but I'm liking the under two and a half here on Michael Johnson versus Stevie Ray. I, I, you know, it's concerning that both guys are coming off of knockout losses last time around, especially Stevie Ray getting like, it looked like somebody sniped him. It was crazy. The, the shot that Leonardo Santos was able to land on him. And that's not Santos's game, really. He's more of a, a jiu-jitsu guy. So uh, it's kind of concerning that Stevie Ray was caught by that. Uh, and I believe both guys have enough power in each other's hands to be able to put each other out. Uh, you know, I think Michael Johnson is more likely to put Stevie Ray out. Uh, but I think that the fact that Johnson was put out pretty bad in his last fight, you know, Stevie Ray could potentially land up a shot on the button and, re you know, find that, that, that button one more time. So... The fight doesn't go to decision is currently plus 120. Uh, unders have or the totals haven't come out yet, but I believe when they do, we're going to get plus money on the under two and a half. So just like last week, I think I was I forgot who I was telling, but it kind of reminds me of a Boston Salmon and Randy Costa situation. If you're going to give me the two and a half on two guys that were knocked the fuck out in their last fights and are primarily stand up fighters, there's a, in my opinion, there's a higher chance of it. Uh, not going the f over two and a half rounds. So give me plus money. I'm thinking it's going to be around plus 150, plus 160. If it's better than that, hallelujah, you know. Um, but I like uh, I like Michael. Uh, I'm going to pick Michael Johnson to win. I think he lands on Stevie Ray and puts him out. Uh, but I'm much, uh, you know, rather than paying the minus 345 that he's currently out, which is a little bit too wide, uh, I would much, I feel much more comfortable with the under uh, two and a half. I believe it's going to be at two and a half uh, at plus 150-ish that it should be at. So yeah, I'm taking Michael Johnson by, I'm going to say uh, first round KO. Let's call it first round KO. He lands early on Stevie Ray and Stevie Ray's chin shows itself one more time. All right, let's move on to the main event of the night. Damian Maya versus Ben Askren, a grappler's dream, a grappler's wet dream, if you want to call it that. Uh, there's a lot of conflicting views out there. There's a lot of people believe that Ben Askren is not going to be able to hold top position because let's be honest, this fight will more than likely hit the ground. Uh, the only way I see it being a knockout is Damian Maya maybe pulling some 
pulls shit out of his ass uh, and catches Ben Askren. We saw him, you know, ha- land some heavy shots on Colby Covington. And if Ben Askren is showing any signs of having, you know, chin issues from that Jorge Masvidal knockout, um, it's going to show itself if uh, Damian Meyer lands cleanly. I don't think that he will, though. I think that Ben Askren will close the distance and get this fight to the ground. Um, and I'm in the camp that I believe that he'll be able to control the top position. Um, you know, whether he whether he looks to pass or not, I think that he should uh, be able to do it safely. There might be a chance or two where Damian Maia is able to sweep Ben Askren, but I think that more often than not, Ben Askren is going to have the advantage on the top. I believe he's just going to be the heavier guy on top. He is much better, you know, a much better wrestler. So I believe there's, if there's any takedowns, it's obviously going to come from Ben Askren. Uh, but I do believe there is a chance that Damian Maia could be successful in these reversals. Uh, but I don't know if we'll see him get a submission. That's why it's a little bit hard for me to justify a bet on Ben Askren at minus 185. I believe it should be lined closer than that. Uh, but I am leading Ben Askren here. Um, it's tough for me to say that. I'm a big Damian Maia fan, but you got to take that shit out of it. Uh, I, I truly believe that Ben Askren has rolled with, uh, you know, good enough jiu-jitsu guys. Uh, and I know Marcelo Garcia fucking whooped him. But, you know, Damian Maia, he could be to that level. But I believe that there are two different parts of their career. Damian Maia being much older now. Um, I trust Ben Askren's grappling and, and wrestling. Uh, to bail him out here. So I'm going to take Ben Askren by decision. I don't think either guy's going to get the tap. I think that Damian Amai could have some success, um, but I think that Ben Askren will have more success. So it's a pass for me. Wouldn't be mad if anybody took an underdog shot on Damian Maya either, uh, but I'm not. I'm just not going to touch the fight. I'm just going to stay away from it, especially if uh, the odds remain as wide as they are. Uh, but I'm still going to take Ben Askren by decision. All right. That's fucking UFC Singapore. Holy crap. So, there's obviously a new studio in play. There is more content coming out for you guys. So I'm hoping that you guys are checking that out. Um, Combative Stories, once again, we are back every Monday. We're going to be releasing an episode, a little bit more of a free-flowing show where I'm just kind of, me and Tony are just talking shit. You know, like I, we talk about the fights for sure, uh, but uh, we try to keep it lighthearted and just fucking funny. You know what I mean? And it's a lot easier now, just with the new studio and all. Uh, and then uh, we're also doing deciding splits, uh, where we talk about any controversial decisions that happened the night before. Uh, we try to give our views on it and see how we score it, and try to entice a little bit of conversation. So by all means, you know, use that as an open forum to talk about that, uh, and we'll obviously chime in as well. Um, yeah, and I got a lot of other fun shit coming up for you guys with the studio. Just stay tuned for UFC 244 Fight Week. I got a fuck ton of shit coming out, and I can't wait for it. Um, yeah, it's fucking exciting times over here at MMA LOTN Industries. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for watching, as always. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, hit me in the comments. I'm always talking shit with you guys. Um, and yeah, support the other shows, man. I think you guys will enjoy watching them. Uh, Spotting Deciding Splits is only like a 10-minute show. I'm hoping to keep it no more than that. Uh, and then Combat Stories, if you guys just are at work and need something to, to, to kind of dissect the UFC event that just happened prior with a couple of laughs and shit, Combative Stories is up your alley. It's only about an hour to an hour and a half. I don't want to keep it longer than that either. Uh, but it's fucking fun just to talk shit with my boy that we have so much chemistry with. All right, I'm going to stop with the pitch. I'm sorry, I promise. But just check it out, all right? 
Um, yeah, at MMALOTN on Twitter, MMALOTN.ca website, uh, and just stay tuned for all the new shit I got next week. I'm out. Later. Later.